0: All right, praise the Lord. Thank you, Walk Worship, for leading us in praise and worship week in and week out. Come on, one more time. Thank you, team, for helping us, ushering us into his presence. Let's go ahead and lean in today. Amen. How's everybody doing today? Come on, look at the person next to you and say, let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it. it. Hey, let's get it, man. Let's get it. Hey, as, as we do that, I just feel led to just take a quick moment. And uh, I just want to really just quickly just, I just sense the Lord putting it on my heart to honor my sister, Christina Lucero, right here. She, she's wiping her tears right now. She's like, what? Me? Uh, your, your praise is contagious. Your girl's here with you, and we honor you, Christina. You are a praying woman of God. He's got his hand on you. You're a servant leader. You're a kingdom leader. And we're grateful the Lord moved you to our, our city and into uh, our church. We're better for, because you're here. So thank you for just letting your praise just jump on us today. Amen. Thank you, Christina. Sometimes I just do that. Sorry, guys. I'm not sorry. Um, well, we're in this se- the, the series called God of More. God of More. And we really do believe that God wants to do more in you. He wants to do more in our church. He wants to do more in our city. He wants to do more in your neighborhood. He wants to do more at your job. He wants to do more in our country. He wants to do more in our world. He's the God of more, amen? Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 starts out with this verse. Now to him who is able to do far more. And so I just read that and I just think, okay, I want want to experience that. In my time here on earth, I want to to tap in and experience all of God's more for me. And I believe for our church. And so last week we talked about how God wants to do more in our city. And we're, we're talking about the city of Las Vegas and that this is a place that Jesus is in love with. He loves this city. He died for this city. He died for the people that are here. He rose for the people that are here. And I believe he wants to do more here, this is the city of him. Amen? It's his city. And so last week we talked about how God wants to do more in our city through planting more churches. Through church planting, through starting new churches, through birthing new churches, through sending out new churches. That there's a kingdom multiplication that God wants to do more through his church. That the church is called to reproduce themselves, to replicate, to make disciples, to plant new churches. He's going to do more through that. But also, today I want to build on that in a part two that God wants to do more in our city through what we call kingdom collaboration. Say that with me really quick. Kingdom collaboration. Kingdom collaboration. We have have some core values here at Walk Church, and we have five of them. Really, our core values are are who we are. They're they're the values that our church really believes and lives. Uh, If you cut Walk Church open, you would see these values start to pop out values drive our decisions, right? And Decisions shape our lives, and we have five core values here at Walk Church. We should do a series on each one. They're so good, uh, but they represent who we are as a church. Uh, the first one is God-dependence, that we are reliant and dependent upon God for everything we do, say, and think, that we're a God-dependent people. The second is authentic community, that we are tired of fake church. That is not the culture of this house, we don't want to be fake people. Jesus doesn't call us to that. He wants us to be authentic, amen? He, he, we're all one of ones in the room. Yeah. Like, don't try to be somebody else. Like, they're already taken. Be you, amen? Yeah. And that means that sometimes you might walk into this place and say, hey, how you doing? And your answer might be, not good. And there's space for that, all right, amen? Yeah. Like, we don't want that to be, like, weird. We want that to be authentic. Right, it's, It hasn't been a good week, but you're here. Praise God. So let's, let's walk together in our authenticity, community, charge group. Life-giving atmosphere. Life-giving atmosphere really comes out of that verse that Joanna just read. It's, it's that Jesus came to give life, and life is found in him. And so if Jesus gives life, how much more should we? That we're the body, we're the expression of Christ on earth. The church is the body, the hands and feet, the eyes, the vision, the heart of Christ is his body. So we are called to bring life into the atmosphere. We're not called to take life. We're called to give life. We want to be a life-giving presence. So whatever it is that we do, if we put on an event, if it's a church service, if it's a a charge group, if it's a a meetup somewhere, if it's connected to Walk Church, we want it to be life-giving. Amen? The fourth one is generous living, right? This idea that We're called to to give because he's first given to us. We're not called to, to, generosity is not about just having more, it's about giving more, right? So the more Jesus gives, the more we're able to give and live generously. And then this fifth one is where we're leaning into today, kingdom collaboration. I think if I'm not careful that you might hear that phrase, kingdom collaboration, and think, oh yeah, I like that, that's good, without fully understanding what it means. And so what I'd like to do with the next few minutes is give some example and some breakdown and some treatment to that phrase, kingdom collaboration. Let's talk about it in these two words. The first word is kingdom. Everybody say kingdom. 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 We love the kingdom here at Walk Church. We're a a kingdom church. Teddy and Kehlani said we're a kingdom-minded church. What does that mean? Here's what the word kingdom means, described by the Oxford Pocket Dictionary. I love these definitions. If you want to use the phrase secular dictionaries, define the phrase kingdom like this. A country, state, or territory ruled by a king or queen. We talk about kingdom, we're, we're emphasizing the reality that while we live in Las Vegas and while we live in America... If you are born again into a new relationship with Jesus, and you've placed your faith into Christ as the Lord and Savior and Redeemer of your life, you now have a dual citizenship. And that new citizenship is called the kingdom, right? You are citizens of God's kingdom. In every kingdom, some of y'all are like, I like this right here. I didn't know I had two citizenships. This kingdom has a king, and his name is Jesus, Jesus right? If, you, if you're ever wondering, if it's like the pastor at church gives a question, just say Jesus, right? You're like, 70% of the time, you'll probably get it right, right? It's, it's him. Hope has a name, and his name is Jesus, right? The kingdom is led by a king, and his name is Jesus. This country, state, territory, the kingdom of God has a king. His name is Jesus. Webster's defines kingdom as the realm in which God's will is fulfilled. This realm, this this earth where God has chosen to plant his kingdom is led by God and his will is being fulfilled. dictionary.com defines kingdom as the domain over which the spiritual sovereignty of God or Christ extends whether in heaven or on earth. The reality is we are all kingdom citizens here in Las Vegas. What that means is this. We're kingdom carriers. So I'm not quite sure where you work or where you lead or your hobby or what gym you are a member at or which coffee shop you like to go to or what restaurant you like to go on date night to. Whatever that may look like for you, you are bringing the kingdom into those spaces. You're a kingdom carrier. You may not have realized it, but you bring the kingdom with you. And the the kingdom is is this life that we're living in under the kingship of Lord Jesus. This This is something that we're called to live. This is something we're called to seek. Like if I were to put a camera on your life, like let's just say they had a reality TV show on you for 24 hours and everybody got to watch it, that would probably be a little embarrassing I wouldn't want you to do that with my life. But if we did that for you, would anybody be able to tell that you are part of a kingdom? I'm not talking about part of a country. Like, honestly, regardless of what happens next month, left, right, up, down, who gets elected, there's still a king that is in charge of his kingdom that cannot be dethroned, amen? He's gonna make it. He's gonna lead. He is sovereign. There has been kings, lowercase K, that have come, came and went, presidents that have came and went, all of them have their life cycle. King Jesus is still leading. We're a part of a bigger citizenship here in Jesus. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't vote. It doesn't mean you shouldn't have conviction. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't follow those biblical convictions. But just make sure that the king is the one who's leading them. It's about the kingdom. And he says, what are you seeking? So I I just want to ask, what does your life demonstrate your your seek? So I look at Jesus in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 through 34, Jesus in his Sermon on the Mount, he's the king, right? He says, here's what kingdom living looks like. Come on, say this with me. But seek first the... But seek first the... Come on, we can go a little louder. One, two, three. But seek first the the kingdom. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. The things that you're anxious about, God will take care of. The things that you're worried about, God will take care of. The things that you're struggling with, God will take care of when you seek first his righteousness kingdom and his righteousness that's why he can follow up in verse 34 and say so don't be anxious about tomorrow you have a king who's already there and he's good for tomorrow will be anxious for itself sufficient for the day is it's trouble of its own we have enough trouble today to focus in on right we have enough trouble today to bring to the king of the kingdom he says i'm big enough to take it what are you seeking I've recognized in my life, even as a pastor and leader in our church, I, I, I can confess to you today, I don't always seek the kingdom first. Sometimes I, think news out, I, I seek news outlets first. I, I seek my own personal feelings first. I seek wisdom from brothers and sisters first. I, I, I seek food first. Sometimes I seek my favorite song first. I, I seek, and God's like, but do you seek my kingdom first? Because if you start seeking my if we start living kingdom-first mentalities, if as a husband you start thinking, I'm going to seek the kingdom first. As a wife, I'm going to seek the kingdom first. As a single, I'm going to seek the kingdom first. As a child, I'm going to seek the kingdom. As a student, what does it look like for me to live kingdom first? As a grandparent, what does it look like for me to live kingdom first? Everything else is going to be added to you. But sometimes, ashamedly, I think we live kingdom last. Or like we live kingdom mid-priority. We're like, we do this, we do this, we do this. Oh, and we also seek the kingdom. But I think we got to get that that prioritization right. Where the kingdom of God has to stop being a priority, it has to start being the priority. That we would be defined by kingdom living. I love this definition for kingdom. I'll give you two different definitions for the phrase kingdom. Uh, One comes from the great... Scholar and author Dallas Willard, who went home to be with the Lord, he said, the kingdom of God is Jesus in action. I've seen some definitions of kingdom that are like a paragraph long. The kingdom of God is when God's rule and reign results in God's sovereignty being fulfilled in the earth. It's Jesus in action, all right? I love that definition right there. Let me give you Jeff Christopherson, a church planting kingdom leader in Toronto, Canada. Jeffs. he wrote a book called Kingdom First. In his book, he says, the kingdom of God is when Jesus gets his way. Here's one thing I want to take from this sermon. I want to start asking Jesus, what does it look like for you to get your way? Be careful when you ask that question. Like, be on guard and leave some space and room. Leave room for Jesus to answer. Don't be like, all right, Jesus, what does it look like for you to get your way? <laughs> <All right. laughs> Not, hang up. <laughs> Hello? Jesus, what is it, what, what's your way? <laughs> I don't want to hear it, right? Leave some room. Listen. Open your Bible. Let him speak. Listen in prayer. And, and see what God speaks to you. He might tell you to stop watching certain things. He might tell you to stop listening to certain things. He might tell you to move out. He might tell you to move in. He might tell you to put a ring on it. He might tell you to do something. He might tell you to serve. He might tell you to get here early. He might tell you to lift your hand, right? He might tell you to pay for the meal for somebody. He might tell you to initiate something. He might tell you, hey, you should go to a charge group. He might say, it's time for you to declare your kingdom citizenship. Get baptized right? He might say plant a church. He might say lead a group. He might say share the gospel. What what does it look like for Jesus to get his way? If all of us go through life asking us, asking that question, here's what I promise you. You'll start to seek the kingdom first. Jesus, what's your way? He might say, I want you to feed homeless people. He might say, I want you to move to Africa. He might say, I want you to start using your instrument and your gifts on the worship team. He might say, I want you to serve in the kids' ministry. He might say, I want you to hold the door. Whatever that looks like, what is Jesus' way? This is what Jesus prayed, amen? When you think about how Jesus prayed, and it would be wise for us to get our prayer model from Jesus. And he he teaches us this, right? Also in Matthew chapter. Six, we see Jesus giving us more context on prayer. He says, if you're going to seek the kingdom first, you've got to pray kingdom first prayers. Let me give you an example. Pray then like this. Prayer wasn't an option. Prayer wasn't an expectation. Prayer was something that Jesus expected us to be doing often, talking to God. He says, and how you should pray is, is like this. He doesn't say you have to actually pray these words but you should pray something like it. Our Father in heaven, declare God's fatherhood over your life. You you reside in heaven. You're big. Your name is set apart. It's better and greater than any other name. Your kingdom come. Jesus, we want your kingdom to come to Las Vegas. Your kingdom come on earth. Your kingdom in Las Vegas now, today, Tomorrow, forever, we wanna see the kingdom of God released and unleashed into our city. Your kingdom come, your will be done. On earth, as it is in heaven. What a prayer. Jesus is like, the the stuff that we're doing in heaven needs to start happening on earth too. Like, there's a whole lot of praise in heaven. And I think sometimes we get heaven wrong And I'm not gonna declare to you that I have some type of supernatural insight into heaven. I really believe only Jesus does. But he's also written about that in this book through the apostle John and those who had had encounters in heaven, like in the book of Revelation. We have have context for heaven, but notice when Jesus talks about heaven, he says, a new heaven and a new earth. Heaven is gonna look a lot like earth. It's just gonna be kingdom. And Jesus, the king of the kingdom, is going to lead. I think it's hard for us to grasp because we have such Western mindsets. We think about presidents and governors. We don't know what it means to have a king who will kill you if you disobey him. (laughs) The king of the kingdom. Oh, the king's here. Bow down. (laughs) Jesus is the king of kings. Amen? I saw like a minor clap right there. That was like a little, that was like a, that was like a silent clap. Come on, we can clap. We can clap at church. You're going to give me some feedback, even in your mask, right? Kingdom. Praying, praying, Father, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, we want to see some heaven unleashed onto earth. We want to see some heaven unlocked in the break room at your job. We want to, we want to see heaven enter into the gym when you walk in. We're we're kingdom carriers, amen? We bring that into the atmosphere. Here's a kingdom prayer. Give us this day. I can't focus on tomorrow, but I can focus on today. God, give me today, give give me my daily bread, whatever I need today. Lord, provide that. And God, also, would you forgive me of my sin debts? And Jesus says, yes, I will forgive you of your debts. I died for them. I paid for them. But then there's this next part, kingdom prayer. And we also have forgiven our debtors. Sometimes I think that's hard for us to pray without lying. But if you're gonna live kingdom, you gotta learn how to forgive because the king calls you to forgive. Jesus, what does it look like for you to get your way? Forgive people. Oh, Okay, king. Jesus is I mean think about Jesus in the in the room the night before he died with King Herod and Pontius Pilate. And these guys are looking at the carpenter Jesus like you might be the king. <laughs> like guys that are appointed king are recognizing this dude's different. They put king on his inscription above the cross, the king of the Jews. They put a crown on his head prophetically that they're declaring. This is the king. We're praying these prayers. We have also forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil because where the kingdom is, evil doesn't exist. In heaven there's no such thing as evil. And so what we're called to do as kingdom carriers, as kingdom citizens is to bring the kingdom and make things better wherever it is that we go. That, that was my promise to Principal Nep when we came to Schofield Middle School that first week five years ago is, hey, we're going to be a blessing and not a burden. We're going to leave it the way we got it. In fact, we want to make it even better. Why? Because the kingdom makes things better. The kingdom doesn't take away life. The kingdom gives life. Maybe you pick up trash because that's how we do in the kingdom. Maybe you be kind and nice and wave at somebody because that's what you do in the kingdom. Maybe you financially support different works and ministries and groups because you have a kingdom perspective. That's why we can say every week, hey, this might not be the church for you, and that's okay, but just we want you to go somewhere because we want you to go somewhere in the kingdom because Jesus is the king of his church, and he wants us to be a part of his body. And we got to work together to see the king's tasks fulfilled, which is to make disciples of all nations. This church can't do it by itself. We actually, you know that the church isn't even a building, right? The church is all of us in the room. A better church service would actually look like following us when we leave. And you start to see the church go to different places all around all of a sudden, when the church gathers, when the church scatters, you start touching all types of places. The kingdom is literally invading the city. But please, my friend, don't turn your kingdom light off when you leave here. Like, man, I'm kingdom when I go to church, and then I take the kingdom shirt off, and then I'm Do something else. We're kingdom carriers. All right, let me talk about this other phrase, collaboration. Kingdom Collaboration. What does that mean? The word collaboration by definition, I'll give you three different ones. Oxford Pocket Dictionary says, the action of working with someone to produce or create something. I love that definition right there. Working together to create something. God has made us all creative, amen? We all have gifts, creativity. God's given us those things so that we can work together to see it accomplished. We're producing, we're creating. Webster says, to work jointly with others together, especially in an intentional Endeavor. I love when people get together in the kingdom and say, let's work together to see something happen. But you go to a different church. Let's work together to see it happen. Let's honor one another. Let's be kingdom. But you go to a different charge group. We go to the same church. <laughs> let's do some charge groups working together to see something happen. Come on. Sit. Hey, sit next to me this Sunday at church. Let's do something together. Let's go out to eat together. Let's do some kingdom stuff. Let's pray together. Let's work jointly with each other. Cambridge Dictionary says, the situation of two or more people working together to create or achieve the same thing. We all have the same goal, right? To make disciples. How is that going to happen? I think it's going to happen as we work together. I once read this great quote, two are better than one. You're like, man, where'd you read that? Let me show you. It's in the Bible. Uh, Let me show you. Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Two are better than one. Y'all thought I made that up. I'm not that smart. I read that in the book. Two are better than one. We need to be collaborators, kingdom collaborators, because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow, but woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie together they keep warm, but how can one keep warm alone? And though he might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. I think too much stuff has fallen apart, you know why? Because there's not collaboration. When there's creative shared collaboration, things go further. Things are stronger. Things get better. The African proverb that maybe you've heard before is, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And so I really believe in this principle here at Walk Church. And so we have different... If we want to see this happen in Las Vegas, in our big city, 2.6 million people in Las Vegas, it's only getting bigger. I just checked on a website that a polling just came out in June of 2020. The top five fastest growing cities in Las Vegas... And number four, or in America, number four was a specific pocket in Las Vegas called Enterprise, part of our city. The fourth fastest growing city in America. Henderson is number nine. Right, we got two cities within the city in the top ten. What? I have been talking to some of our realtor friends. They're like, man, we need more houses to go up for sale because we can't, we're selling them so fast. We need more to get built. God's moving here. We, we need to collaborate. Amen? So I want to go ahead and highlight some of the different ministries. We have a lot here at Walk Church that we walk with, we support, we collaborate with. We're not going to hit them all this week. We're going to talk to different ones over the next couple weeks. But today I want to identify three ministries in, in a school, in a group, that we partner with and collaborate with to do kingdom work, and I want to introduce you to them. In fact, I'm going to pray right now, then we're going to bring them up on the stage. Father, even right now, Jesus, we believe that you want to do more kingdom work. And so, God, I just pray and I honor you, Lord. And, and God, I pray and I ask for more kingdom activity in our city. I pray alongside every person. I just extend a hand to, to everybody that's watching this right now. And I just pray in Jesus' name. God, would you put a kingdom calling on each one of our lives? God, show us what that looks like, how to live it out. God, I think of my brother Peter Casella, a kingdom leader, serving in a variety of different places all around our city. God, this is what it looks like to be kingdom. God, help us to allow Christ to get his way. What's your way, God? It's Yahweh. It's your way. I don't want to do my way. God, my way's a, a dead end, God. I want to do your way. So God, show us here at Walk Church What it looks like to live kingdom. Last week we talked church planting, Lord. This week we're talking about kingdom on the ground in the city. Bless our conversation now, in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. 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 Well, we have some amazing individuals on stage. Let's clap for them. It's all good. We like clapping here at church. And we want to talk about this conversation. I just gave a context for kingdom collaboration, let that not just be a good phrase, but how do we see that lived out here at our church? Um, So we have some individuals on the stage with us here today, and we honor each one of you guys. You are not a foreign to walk church, but we'd
1: love for you to introduce yourselves briefly, and we'll go from there. Uh, My name is Rick Strasser. I'm the Southern Nevada Director for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Nice. My man, Rick.
2: My name is Kinsey and I've been on staff with FCA for three years and been going to walk for one year. All
3: So right. Let's go, Kinsey. I'm Terry Nepp, principal at Schofield Middle School.
0: Yeah, Principal Nepp in the house.
4: Hi, guys. I'm Russ. I uh, work with friends in the desert.
0: All right. Yeah, Russ. Honor you, brother. So good. Well, let's just go ahead and start here with FCA. FCA is a ministry partner of our church. I love FCA. I came to know Jesus through FCA as a college student in 2007 at James Madison University. Somebody just like Rick McKenzie invited me to a FCA meeting to get the free pizza and uh, hear about Jesus, and I showed up, and God began to work in my life and make me a kingdom citizen and call me to come back to Las Vegas and to have his way in my life, which resulted in church planting for my wife Nina and I. Praise God for that. And we're still seeing more of that result lived out. Um, So we love FCA. We've been able to partner with FCA in Las Vegas. And um, Rick, you specifically work with college and professional athletes and coaches. That's, that's, That's your lane that you're running in. That's a full lane because, come on. A few years ago, it wouldn't have looked this full. But God is the God of more. We got the aces. We got the knights. We got the raiders. <laughs> we got the minor league silver knights. We got the baseball team. Um, man, stuff is happening. We got the lights. Like, praise God. So you're busy, not alone, let alone UNLV. And so talk to us about what kingdom collaboration looks like with the ministry of FCA. And talk to us about what God of more looks like. In your, in your specific season, especially with COVID, pandemic, not being able to gather, things look different. We want to hear an update
1: from you. Yeah, thanks, Knight. And the, the collaboration has been vital for FCA um, uh, with what we do. Uh, we can't do what we do without collaborators like yourself and without all of you. And um, FCA is, is, in a, is in a different type of season right now. Uh, because, as you, as you said, and as you can see, uh, more is a good word for where sports is in Las Vegas right now. Um, there are more sports here, and it's growing, and with the, with the promise of more, uh, NBA's coming. Come on! Uh, so, uh, We're believing God is, for it. There is so much happening in Las Vegas right now, uh, sports-wise, yeah. uh, which brings more and more opportunities uh, for FCA, which is exciting. But yep. it doesn't, doesn't change the focus of FCA Um, our focus with FCA is to work with these athletes and coaches and have them understand their influence. If you boil boil FCA down to a word, it's influence. Uh, People look at athletes differently because of what they can do. Um, But I've found through a 14-year television career and then uh, 12 years with FCA is that people are people, and everybody has been blessed with very unique gifts and abilities, and how we use those gifts to honor him is what it's all about. Uh, yes. FCA focuses on the athlete because of their influence, and um, we want them to use that influence to make a difference uh, in the kingdom yeah. uh, through what they do. Uh, starting with them as an individual, we, we want to bring these individuals uh, to the kingdom and bring them to church. And from there, the influence that they have on their respective teams, in their locker rooms, and their families, their different relationships. Uh, but they, they are very influential in this town. And uh, some really cool things are happening um, in, in what you would think would be a time of less because of uh, the pandemic. Uh, praise God, COVID didn't sneak up on God. Amen. Uh, he knew it was coming. And with that, he has opened new doors and new opportunities uh, and shown The importance of FCA in the midst of a pandemic Um, God's bigger than the storm Uh, he's still the God of the storms and he is seeing us through this storm and we're gonna get to the other side Uh, but in the midst of it he's shown us a different way to go about what we're doing Uh, praise God for technology we've been able to uh, uh, reach a lot more athletes than even we were before I know for myself with working with pro athletes I do a pro athlete huddle where we've had individuals coming and being a part of uh, a Bible study that would have never come in person. Um, One week, I had five different professional sports represented uh, on on our Zoom call, and um, it's exciting to see because these are individuals, like I said, that may not have come normally. Um, But through the medium of sport, uh, we are showing them that there's more than what they can just do athletically. I had a real burden for our our athletes at UNLV um, as we were headed towards this fall because you kind of saw the writing on the wall of what was going to happen with sports in the fall. And um, so many of them put their whole identity in who they are as an athlete. And we show them that when your identity is put on the rock, something a little more firm than what you do, uh, you have a much better foundation. And uh, so we're working with these athletes and the coaches and, and showing them that even without your sport, you have purpose, uh, you, are, you are who God has called you to be, and, and there's more to them than just their sport. Look at you as an example, right?
0: Amen, praise the Lord, yeah. No, I, I, was, I, I was just thinking about Brittany Rosario over here who uh, is a part of our church family, yeah. you can clap for Brittany. Um, but I remember Brittany being an FCA athlete right at UNLV playing soccer. Izzy's back here serving on our media team. Oh. And uh, we're seeing this kingdom collaboration happen from the, the soccer field to the FCA huddle to now life change happening in the city. In, in I remember some, the moment
1: that I, I went and spoke to the women's soccer team, and Brittany, from that moment, came to an FCA meeting and started coming regularly. Incredible. Here she is today.
0: So good. We honor you, and we honor the Lord in you guys. And so thank you for the work that you're doing, Rick, and I love how you're saying, hey, Even though things have stopped, we're still able to collaborate and see Zoom groups, professional college athletes getting connected. I saw a picture you posted just the other day with some of the UNLV athletes learning from one of the Raiders and that you're facilitating those discussions. We need more of that in our city. Amen. Well, Kenzie, talk to us a little bit about the high school, kind of the, the next layer down where we got high school students all over the Valley. FCA was really starting to take off in a lot of different campuses before things sh- shut down, but God is still on the move. He still has more, and talk to us about the work that you're doing as an area rep.
2: Yeah, so so I'm an area rep, and I get to work with George Hernandez, my brother. We, we work together. Let's go, George. School. So you guys have already heard um, a pretty good framework of FCA. We're in two different lanes in the same track, and so we get to work with administrators and coaches and students in the high school campuses. We we have huddles going for, like, 250 students at Desert Oasis, Sierra Vista, Del Sol, Green Valley, Basic, and... Bonanza. Bonanza, yeah. And so we have churches that are um, they're ready. They're, they're getting trained up. They want to be at Arbor View, Shadow Ridge. Um, so we have uh, more schools that, that want to have FCA on their campus. And what it looks like, if you don't know, is... We bring pizza, and we have pastors from those church. Um, you know, they'll donate pizza, and then they'll give like a seven to ten minute word of encouragement from the Bible. And, and sometimes we have multiple churches represented in one classroom, and we'll have like three pastors from three different churches united in one in one spirit, one mind for the kingdom. And it's not like, hey, come to my church. It's like, hey, we want you to go where you can grow, like, and build relationships with these students. So it's been such an honor to just see the, the kingdom come together for the, for the you know, gospel to be advanced in these high schools, and so, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, and our coaches, yeah,
0: yeah, totally,
2: yeah, so we have, um, we have studies for coaches, so that they can c- coach the heart and mind of an athlete, right, not just coaching their bodies, and so we have coaches that are doing Bible studies, we have teacher Bible studies, um, it's really taken off, so.
0: That's so good, how God is moving in the the campus ministry, and I know that you and George really team up so well together to see those things lived out. We see some of our students even getting plugged in here, and so no, I love what God, how the God of more is, is making his way, because again, this is bigger than Sunday, right? Kingdom collaboration looks like getting onto your sports team. Kingdom collaboration looks like getting into the locker room, Kingdom collaboration and kingdom living looks like getting into the coach's room, and so love how Rick and Kinzie, you guys are leading on that front line. Amen. Well, we got Principal Nepp here from Schofield Middle School, the legendary, the honorable Principal Terry Nepp in the house.
3: So good morning, everyone. <laughs> I felt a little strange to not walk into my school right. to come to church, but um, we miss you there. It's kind of... It's kind of different, you know, people say to me, Well, what there's nothing to do, no one's there. Well, there's people there. Um, there's still stuff that has to be done. I said earlier, I see all the kids in here. I I, I know I'm gonna regret saying this one day, but I miss lunch duty. I <laughs> I miss the noise of having them all in the building and it's just right. it's just really hard when they're not there. But we're supporting our teachers through Google Meets sessions. They see the kids every single day. We have a special way that we do it at Schofield, but They see the kids every day. They're working really, really hard. And so kind of now my job is how do I build those kids up and how do I build those teachers up and staff when they're not even there? So that's what's really hard. So I do have it open where kids can have a Google Meet with me. I guess kids don't want a Google Meet with me. I don't know. (laughs) Nobody's signed up for that, but, you know, maybe somebody will. Um, And we do the same thing with our teachers. We meet with them weekly and try not to make it always about, like, you need to do this and this and this and but what do you need from us? And as administrative team, most of you know Mr. Fisher and Miss Cotton that we try to reach out to our staff every week. And before when before the pandemic, I would just say, how are you doing? And i get a text back that would say, okay, well, now I get, like, essays. Yeah. Um, because they really, really need someone to talk to or support. And we've gone out and done home visits to our entire staff one time to deliver stuff to them, and they were very grateful for that. So... Just moving forward, you know, we're just maybe asking, maybe you could write some notes to the staff or something, and, and I can share that with them. Um, we still have a garden that we have to maintain that's very challenging during this time, so if you want to help with the garden, yeah, um, the garden it's great. needs some love. Um, yeah. It's kind of overgrown, uh, but the garden needs love on the inside and the outside, and um, just trying to, to support them when we're not in the building, and that's what's been very, very challenging, and And you know it's the little things that remind me of Walk Church. Like the other day, you guys store your stuff in room 6:30. Like I just walked by and opened the door. Like it made me feel better. Oh wow, Um, (laughs) that's awesome
0: uh, to hear. That is so cool. Also,
3: too, like you know, you guys do the barbecues. Like I don't. Where's that smell? Like I. We need to get that back. I miss the smell of the barbecue. And so I promise we're still there. and I know you're not there, but yeah. I think you are. Pastor Hyden and I have talked about that. And so totally. we're just trying to still support you the way that we can and then hope that you're still there for us even though you're not in the building. So,
0: Yep. Amen. Well, we, come on, let's just go ahead and let Principal know. Everybody just join me and just say, we're there. We're there. We're there. We're there. Yeah. And, and one of the things why I think that this is just a cool moment to just even lean in is... Um, Because though we're not meeting at the school, our calling still remains to be a kingdom, life-giving, blessing, not a burden, church to Schofield. And so whether we're meeting there or not, it wasn't because we were meeting there, we just wanted to partner. It doesn't matter where we're at, we're still going to continue to lean in and bless and partner. And we feel a calling to bring the kingdom to Schofield. And what that looks like for us is whatever you tell us. You, you set the tone for that, and, and you would say, Hey, it looks like painting, or it looks like garden work. Right. We thought we were planting a church out of Schofield, and we planted a garden, <laughs> right? Or literally, Schofield's secret garden, and we got to keep it up. And yeah. so maybe God would say to you, Hey, here's what Jesus' way looks like. Maybe help at Schofield with the garden. Or maybe God would put on your heart to bring a gift to the teachers and administrators that are working doubly hard doing online schooling. And at the same time, serving at the campus. Um, I love what you said right there, Principal Net. Maybe just writing some encouraging notes to some of the faculty and staff at Schofield would be powerful. So we're going to be doing another, another uh, a food day for you guys. Last time we did Chick-fil-A. Yep. We can do that again. And uh, we'll, we'll, let, we'll let our church know if you want to be involved with helping distribute food. Um, There's parameters and obviously things that we need to just abide by the rules, and we let Principal Nep. We respect and honor whatever that looks like, and so you don't ever have to worry about us. We got your back.
3: Thank you. Amen.
0: Yeah, that's kingdom, right? That's kingdom. God is God is on that. Well, we have Russ Berkey right here who serves with friends in the desert. This is a newer ministry that I've learned about in our city that I'm excited about. God is moving there. Rush, you introduced us to it. You, you've, also introdu- you've also invited other leaders like Pastor Gary and Seaham. I know Vishan and Ashton and some of the other lead. George has come out and served. This is a homeless ministry that feeds people that are in need every day in the old Henderson part of the city, creating friends in the desert. I've been a couple times and I've always been impacted and moved by it. And I feel like when I'm there, this is kingdom collaboration. Talk to us a little bit about the ministry, give us some context for it. Maybe there might be some people that want to join and serve in it as well.
4: Great, Hayden. First things first, that's my wife, wife, Kathy. Hey, Kathy. She's panicking because I said her name in public. Um, She is the epitome of a Proverbs 31 wife. Come on. I could not do what I do if she was not taking care of business at home and at work. Um, Praise God. We feed the the homeless. Um, they aren't really that different from you or I. Typically, they either have an addiction, mental illness, or they made some they made the wrong choice at a very pivotal time in their life. Mm. They zigged where they should have zagged, and it had far-reaching consequences for them. Um, any one of us could be in that same boat. Um, what we try to do is feed them. Uh, they get one meal a day, and for most of them, it's the only meal they have that day. Um, Monday through uh, Friday, Saturday is lunch, and then Sunday they get a, a lunch, uh, a bag lunch, on Saturday to eat on Sunday.
0: Got it. So good. Yeah, I know that. For me, the the few times that I've went, I think just to lean into what you just said there. I, I one time I shared a word, another time I just listened and just engaged with the different people that are coming to receive food and. I think that, I think certain times I'm, I'm realizing homeless people have been dehumanized in so many ways that they almost try to function like they're invisible because people don't want to talk to them or engage with them. And so I'm walking up to different people, talk, tell me your story. Like, you for real? Yeah, that's why I'm here. And you start to hear people unpack their story, and these are kingdom stories, Real powerful stories that, like Russ said, different factors have contributed to where they're at today, but I think even in a kingdom way, I'm, I'm helping remind some of these people that, you know, well, your story's not done, that there's more to your journey, and maybe what that looks like today is just here giving you some of this free food, um, but I'm curious to see how our church can help people go even beyond that and take their first step. But I think at minimum, it starts with being there, feeding relationship development and, and God starts to move. I love what Pastor Mike Bussey and your guys' charge group, you told me last week how your charge group adopted a day that your charge group is going to friends in the desert to serve and to feed. I mean, that's powerful right there. Yeah, same with the walk youth. George, last week you had the students at the office packing up lunches to bring to the ministry. This is kingdom collaboration right there. Russ, what would you tell somebody who maybe is interested who's here today at church or maybe even watching this online, who would say, hey, I think I might want to contribute. Maybe I could give up one hour a month. Would there be a space for them to contribute?
4: And that would be more than okay. I guess what I'd say to you that that are thinking about it, think about your life. The people that are down at the, the soup kitchen, they have nobody to care about them. Now, almost all of us got somebody to care about us, but what happens if you had nobody that cared whether or not you lived or died today? That's almost unthinkable. It's just how do you wrap your head around that? Wow. Um, what we do is, yeah, we feed them. And we, uh, most of the organizations that come in there say, here's your food, now leave. Because they don't want the, the homeless situation downtown. What we try to do, what I try to do with people from Walk, is here's your food. They tend to get a lot of hosp- hospital or institutionalized food, think hospitals. We try to give them a, a, a meal that, that's something you cook for your own family. It doesn't have to be fancy, okay? Beans and rice, they love that, okay? But made with that, that love. And then instead of just sending them away, hey, talk with us, let us build relationship. It's great. okay? Amen, yeah, absolutely. And if you have an hour a week, yeah, you can come and serve dinner, I mean, that's important, but if you can spend 10 minutes having an authentic uh, conversation with them, you have no idea how much that means to them. One guy said to me, it was just last week when I was doing some cooking, I came out and, you know, just said hi. I wasn't, I'm not really good at the relationship part of it, but he, he told me that this is the one piece of sanity in my life of chaos.
0: Right. Powerful, Russ. And
4: I think um, as we turn
0: the corner into a little bit of a, a brief colder season, that's, that does actually hit our city especially for homeless people that are living in tents, living in those camps, things like blankets, coats, would be helpful.
4: Yeah, um, you know, yesterday I was in shorts. and You're thinking, what, are, what do you need, uh, you know, coats and blankets for? It gets cold out in the desert at night. They live in camps out in the desert where we think is just that wasteland of the wetlands that go into Lake, Lake of Las Vegas. Um, but they need the blankets. They don't need, you know, Grandma's perfect quilt just that throw that you leave by the TV that you don't even use anymore, that's perfect for them. They need coats, especially uh, men's sizes, the uh, bigger men's sizes, men's shoes, work boots. Okay? Any clothes?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I heard Ruth say socks, too. Yeah, we've been talking about uh, a a socks partnership. Yeah.
4: Actually, they have a partnership with a sock manufacturer, so they're up to their... I don't want to say eyeballs and socks, but that's the most requested uh, uh, item at these homeless places. Uh, not so much for what it is. it's, it's You can't really clean them, so you got to wear them a couple days and then throw them away.
0: Got it. Well, good word. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much for sharing that, Russ. And here's one of the, one of the things I want you guys to catch as we get ready to close now is the king of the kingdom is passionate about helping homeless people, is passionate about all the students 6th through 8th grade at Schofield, is passionate about all the athletes that are professional in high school in our city, he's a really big king, amen? amen, and somehow he knows your name, and he's passionate about you, and this God loves you so much that he would want to even send his son to live, die, rise, for you so that you would have an authentic relationship with him, shed his blood for you. Jesus did that, and that he would then use you and save you and give you a new citizenship, a, a kingdom card, and say, hey, be my kingdom agent in Las Vegas. Do the stuff that I was doing in the Bible. Start doing that in your city, and you'll start to see it get better. That will be really known as the city of him, not the city of sin. Because God is so active all around this place. Let me just pray for each one of our contributors here tonight, today, and then we'll get ready to close our service. Father, I pray right now in Jesus' name, I lift up FCA. God, I pray for the professional and collegiate side of things. God, as Pastor Rick leads there, God, I just pray that you would continue to use him to do great things. God, we honor the work you're doing in his life and through his life. God, don't allow him to grow weary in doing good, for in due time he'll receive a reward if he does not give up. God, I pray that you would bless and show favor and divine appointments to FCA in Vegas. I pray for Kinsey. I pray for George and Laura, God, and the, the FCA team and James. And God, I pray that they would continue to lean in at the different high schools and God, would you save more student athletes and then call them to kingdom work, just like you're doing with Izzy, just like you're doing with Brittany, just like you're doing with myself, God, just like you're doing in places and spaces all around our city, God. Do it, Lord. God, I, pro- I pray that you would provide every dollar needed to see this, this ministry flourish. And God, would more disciples be made, more people be baptized, more athletes come to know you because of it. And God, right now I do thank you. Lord, I really do thank you for Principal Nep, her sister April, the staff at Schofield, Miss Cotton and Mr. Scott God and the entire team there. All 80 plus faculty, God, we pray for them that God you would keep your hand on them. And God, would they stay encouraged and keep leading and serving their heroes in our city. And God, would you bless the collaborative partnership that we get to share with Schofield. And God, as you, would you use Principal Nep to continue to lead well. And God, don't allow her to give up or to grow weary. God, we pray for her health. We pray for her focus. And God, we pray for her leadership to only get better, to only increase. God, you are the God of more. Do that in her life and at the school's life. We thank you that we get to be a part of that and blessing them. And God, right now we do pray that you would continue to push back lostness and homelessness in our city. God, I thank you for my brother Russ holding the rope, going there daily, going there weekly to cook, to provide. Thank you for Kathy and Emma and Coop and the entire Berkey family. God, that's serving and that that, that is a blessing to our church and our city. God, thank you for Gary and c and Ashton and Bashan and George, and different people that are going out to the friends in the desert, Chris P and some of the, the youth and the team members that are just, have a heart to make a difference. God, will we, see start, will we see statistics start to change that we're no longer known for the most homeless people, the most homeless youth. God, we're starting to be known for the most homeless students and youth And people getting jobs, getting restored, getting reconciled, getting back on their feet. And God, let our church be a part of that. God, let our church be a a resource. God, let our church be a place where people who are hurting and broken can come into these doors and get saved and find hope and find the kingdom. Use us, God. And God, if there's somebody watching this online or that's here right now that doesn't know Jesus, That doesn't know Jesus as Savior, that doesn't know Jesus as King. Right now, God, I pray that that you would give them eyes to see and ears that hear, a heart that believes. And you can join me right now and just say, Jesus, I believe. I believe that you're the Savior of the world, and you're the Savior of my life. You died for my sins, God, you rose from the grave. I believe that same gospel then is true now. Fill us with your Holy Spirit and empower us for the kingdom mission you put us on. We surrender our lives to the King, King Jesus. And we honor you today, Father. We love you. Save us, redeem us, and send us for your glory and our joy. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen, amen.